Hi, this is Jim Shogun, most of webcomics reviews and interviews. Today we're with Spike Spencer, business coach and voice actor. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. And now I say things. Awesome. Hello, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for having me on here. And um, we're going to talk about uh, all sorts of amazing things from voice acting, making goofy voices, to training people in relationship sales dynamics, neurolinguistic programming, success, motivation, connection, communication, yada, 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 all the things that I work on and train and teach people. Uh, along with a bunch of silly, silly stories, I'm quite sure. So ask those questions. What do you need? What can I do for you? All right. Uh, really basic. When it comes down to it, what do you like best about dealing with businesses? Well, you know, it's an interesting – let me uh, start with my backstory, I guess. Um, so I've been uh, in uh, the you know the business of show for thirty years. I was on camera, um, and I've uh, I was on camera till about two thousand five, and uh, I went to college, got a baccalaureate degree from the honors program, majoring in drama. You know, big 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 deal. Nobody's ever asked me for it. Nobody cares. But uh, I went pro and started acting in uh, out of. Uh, Houston, Texas. So there was a lot going on in Austin, Dallas, New Orleans, etc. Uh, at the time. So that was my focus. I always wanted to be an actor. And um, so over the course of about the 20 years or so, 15, 20 years, I had uh, logged up scenes on camera with four Academy Award nominees, two of them won, and scenes where I was talking with them. And, um, you know, it's I moved out to Hollywood uh, in 2005, and nobody really cared what I had done at the time before then. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, you might hear me cough a little bit. Uh, as I was saying earlier, I got a little Ebola, a touch of Ebola, nothing big, no COVID, no uh, coronavirus, just just Ebola. It's good. It's tasty. Uh, so back to uh, how I got into this weird world where I am. Um, so... When I was acting in Houston, I wanted to also be a business person. I wanted to make a lot of money, and I had more free time because of being an actor, so I trained in real estate. Um, I wanted to learn how to flip houses and things of that nature, so I did that for 10 years as well. Uh, flipped over about 60, 70 properties uh, on my own, and um, and then uh, things didn't quite work out. I was uh, very successful. In about 2005, had a 4,000 square foot house with a dojo and a pub, uh, and uh, about an acre and a quarter, uh, and a beautiful wife, and three amazing dogs, nacho, fajita, and burrito, and it all came crashing down. Uh, there, there was an affair, not mine. Um, my ex decided to hang out with my best buddy, and they're still together this day, and uh, there was a divorce and a bankruptcy that ensued, and uh, basically, I lost everything. Um, I, if you imagine the, you know, the whole, uh, atom bomb, you lose everything, you know, in love in one shot, whammo. And that's what happened. And I moved to LA and that's what started my, um, couple of things. I started my voiceover career in earnest. Uh, I had been doing voiceover for several years, uh, back in Houston, but it really jump started in 2005 here in LA. And, uh, that also started my, uh, my trek on personal growth and self-help uh, more than it had been in the past because I, I thought I had a really good handle on everything uh, right up until the explosion. And then I was like, wow, I had to, um, I had to go back and, and refigure who I was and what I was doing and, and where my communication and connection and all the personal growth and self-help that had gotten me to that point apparently hadn't worked. So I had to start over from ground zero. So I did, and um, I started training and learning, and um, so there I was, 2005, newly divorced, 35 years old, and I had to start dating again. So that's what I was focusing on, um, the relationships, dating, uh, pickup, uh, you know, psychological uh, learning, and anything I could to become a more attractive human being and be a better, better man, better lover, better uh, friend, better husband eventually, you know, all of that, and possibly a father, which I am now. And uh, 
through the course of about seven years, I, I dated a lot, I learned a lot, and um, I talked to a lot of women who, you know, taught me a ton, amazing women. And, and then I wrote uh, my book, Food Game, A Man's Ultimate Recipe for Dating Success, uh, utilizing the dating techniques that I used, um, which was food game. I cooked for my dates and they came over. It was amazing. Uh, and that's how I landed my amazing, beautiful wife, Kimberly, um, who is on another one of these podcasts here. Um, and over the course of that seven years, I realized that I found out that I had a bit of fame in the voiceover world. Some of you may know me from uh, animation, video games, and anime, uh, like uh, Evangelion. I played Shinji Ikari for 25 years. Um, and uh, I don't even know what's popular nowadays. Uh, Black Butler, um, Boruto, I'm still on that. And I did uh, uh, some World of Warcraft and um, a couple of uh, the League of Legends uh, heroes, Wukong and Kled. Um, but you know, lots more out there. You can, you know, Google me. Uh, but with that fame came, uh, convention appearances around the world. And that's where I developed my training for, uh, dating and relationships back in the day. It was called don't kill your date and other cooking tips, which eventually became the book food game. And, uh, I've been in front of thousands of people internationally, uh, talking about relationships. And uh, once I met my amazing wife, uh, Kimberly, in 2012, um, we even went further down that path. And I got uh, neurolinguistic program certified coaching. Uh, I am certified um, bank personality code trainer. Uh, we've studied with uh, Brenda Bouchard, Tony Robbins, and my wife is a certified high performance coach as well. So we have gone down that coaching path. When people say business coach, life coach, et cetera, et cetera. You know, but there's so many different titles, but I'm a coach. And my, my jam is relationships, uh, communication, and connection. So, um, yeah, so I talk goofy for a living. And uh, sometimes I talk goofy when I'm coaching people in business or relationships or whatever. So um, that's, in a nutshell, where I am right now. And oddly enough, at this very moment, uh, we are down in Australia, where we have been since March 5th. Um, I, I was appearing at a convention called Supernova uh, with members of the Walking Dead, oddly enough. So that was fitting. And uh, we pulled into, it was uh, Melbourne and the Gold Coast, and we pulled into the Gold Coast just as Tom Hanks uh, came down with it. And uh, he was literally blocks away from us. And uh, we've been in the Gold Coast ever since. So uh, we may end up staying here for another few months because uh, Qantas isn't even flying. The borders aren't open. So uh, everything we've been doing has been doing from Australia and loving it because Australia is amazing. And um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I, I know that's long-winded, but uh, I hope that tells you how I got here and uh, what I do. That's cool. Um, just out of curiosity, um, have you seen much of a slowdown because of the coronavirus? as far as the business goes for you? Oh, hugely, huge slowdown. Um, <clears throat> literally, uh, everybody in the voiceover world in LA had to put together their own uh, studios. So a lot of people did that. I had a studio. I have a studio in Burbank uh, ready to go, but it's in Burbank and I'm in Australia. So, I mean, I get a few auditions, but I really can't audition that much because in order to do anything here, I'd have to go buy a new mic, fashion a studio, which is almost impossible in the, the place that I am, or I'll have to go to a studio and actually pay for the studio time on top of everything, which makes it almost financially uh, ridiculous for me. Um, so yeah, I basically, I'm not working uh, down here. I've done one gig since I've been down here. Yeah, it's been, sort of, it's been sort of interesting on Adult Swim because they've been doing the uh, My Hero Academia. Apparently, they've been doing voiceover from actual their home studios. So, yeah, oh, everybody is. I mean, I know, uh, you know, I'm like Facebook friends with like everybody uh, in Hollywood there, and you know, there's 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 threads of you know, hey, how do I put my studio together? You know, let's all get together and and, and do it. So, like, everybody's got uh, uh, what is it? Sound. Uh, Oh my gosh. Uh, sound, something source. 
uh, source connect. That's it. Everybody got source connect. I'm like, I'm not going to get source connect down here and, and put all this stuff together because it's just, it's not really worth it. And I'll just focus on, you know, I'm focused on coaching and uh, I got my podcast up. And so I'm just focusing on uh, a lot of that, getting the word out about what I'm doing and, uh, you know, setting the groundwork so that when I get back to LA, then I can hit the ground running. Okay. And what is it exactly you're now in, uh, starting to set up? What, what, am, what I'm starting to set up? Uh, well, it's just the basics for my, my whole coaching empire. Uh, like Kim has, you know, podcasts and uh, programs. So I'm, I'm developing programs, coaching programs. I have a membership group uh, designed for people in the, uh, I would say the nerddom community, because that's me. I'm like, I'm a huge sci-fi nerd, man. I'm just, uh, I nerd out. <clears throat> and uh, the, you know, personal growth and self-help and business coaching you don't really get a lot of that in, you know, anime and animation and comics and, and uh, fantasy games, et cetera, et cetera. In our realm, there's not a lot of personal growth uh, teaching and training. Uh, there are some people that, you know, will, will talk it, talk about it in, you know, uh, Facebook posts and things and they'll, they'll post quotes and, and all of that, which is really nice, but I actually coach people. I've been in front of thousands of fans helping them with their relationships and communication and connection for over 14 years now. So I've honed my message and uh, I love it for our community because I see it. I've been there. I've been in front of the, um, uh, that, that community, kind of the nerddom and it's like, hey, you know, let's let's get better. Let's have more confidence. Let's get some communication, uh, develop your relationships, help you in your business and life success. That's important. And uh, I'm there in that realm, in that, um, you know, in the, the community. So I've built a membership community called the Reluctant Heroes Journey. Uh, it's not open to the public right now. We've I will be opening the, the doors again and probably next month for the next round. But um you know, that's part of it. Plus I, I coach, you know, one-on-one. -on -one. So developing the entire business and expanding on my uh, trainings, you know, like programs that I work like, like food game dating success strategies or uh, using your voice with neuro-linguistic programming for success in business and personal life or, um, you know, working with uh, the whole clear, connect, close relationship sales dynamics that I put together. There's a lot of different trainings that I can put together while I'm here. If I've got some downtime, I've got a computer, I got a microphone, and I got a lot of knowledge. So put it together, package it up, and there you go. Add to the business. Uh, you keep bringing up neuro linguistic programming. What is that about? Uh, neuro linguistic programming is it's known as NLP and. It's basically the basis for most of uh, Tony Robbins' uh, teachings. That's how he got started a long time ago. And uh, our coaches were the ones who teaches uh, his people. And it's, it's basically the, it's the study of excellence. And then you take that excellence. Who is, if somebody is really excellent at what they do, then you do what they did. You know, it's, it's basically breaking down excellence and saying, all right, um, for example, Tony Robbins um, took uh, uh, army snipers. This is a famous thing, and I'm I'm kind of paraphrasing, and I'm probably going to get it wrong. But he said, "Look, I'll tell you, I want your ten worst snipers, and I'm going to make them your ten best snipers, like in a month." And they said, "Okay, fine." And he said, "If I do it, I get this much money. If I don't do it, I get nothing." Okay, great. So he went and he did it. He turned them into the best snipers, or something along that line. They were like phenomenal. And uh, because what he did was he studied the best snipers and he hung out with the best snipers for a little while. Said, How do you do this when you're shooting? What are you thinking? What, what's your mindset? What's your, you know, what are your, uh, what are your morning principles? What do you do? And you study excellence is what you do. You study excellence and then you apply it to your own life and your own goals and whatever it is you want there. I mean, it goes really, really deep into it because our, uh, our brains and the, and the words we use are very, very important. Uh, they're tied to our subconscious. And I go into a lot of that in my podcast, actually. But uh, that's basically NLP is, you know, looking at what you do, how you do it, and what you say. And you break it all down into its uh, components, and then you can build it back up by reframes and, and um, all sorts of timeline therapies. And it's really getting in, diving deep into – uh, your subconscious realm and and 
shifting things. Because a lot of times when you're not doing something or you're mad about something, it's not what you're mad about. It's not what you're doing. It's something else that's going on from your past uh, or the, a story you've been telling yourself, etc. And once you get out of that way, uh, once you get out of your own way, you're able to move forward faster. Uh, and that's uh, one, of the, one of the facets uh, of what we teach in our trainings, Kim and me as well. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, in fact, it was fun uh, talking to Kim about how people's perception of themselves tends to affect how they do things in the real world. Absolutely. Absolutely. When it comes to, uh, I guess, the nerd community, what are the big problems you see as far as the, uh, as far as the nerds in general? As far as what now? Actually, let me, phrase, let me go with something different. Uh, one of the obvious problems, a lot of, uh, shall we say, academically gifted uh, fans, uh, nerds, have is basically a confidence issue. Uh, we see this all over the place and definitely see it within the artist community. Is there a way to actually build up your confidence? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, as a matter of fact, I've got a, um, inside the group, I just did a, a training on confidence, exactly that. And I found what was so interesting about confidence is it's not something you can just kind of pick up. You can't buy it. It's something you have to become. And when you understand how you can become confident, then it's a different animal because you are, it, it's a process. You can learn it. You can learn confidence. There are people, for example, who, you know, I'm not a confident speaker, let's say. Somebody says, oh, my gosh, I can't speak in front of somebody. Well, yes, you can. You simply will not because you're scared or because you think you lack the ability, et cetera, et cetera. When you break it down, like I said, break it down to its component parts, can you speak in front of people? Yes. You have the physical capability. Okay. Then it's not that. It's not that you can't. It's that you won't or that you're afraid to. Okay, what's the fear? What's the worst that's going to happen? Break it down. Um, and you, it's like taking baby steps towards uh, confidence. So, for example, the, the definition of confidence, which I found, I, when I looked it up, I was like, holy crap, I thought it was something totally different. Confidence is the feeling or belief that you can have faith in or rely on someone or something. Let me state that again. Confidence is the feeling or belief that you can have faith in or rely on someone or something. That doesn't sound like the confidence a lot of people say they want. But when you break it down, it's interesting because what, what most people think is they want courage. Courage and confidence are not the same thing. So if you break down confidence, if you can have the feeling of belief that you can have faith in or rely on somebody or something, well, wow, then everything's going to turn out okay. Like saying, okay, I have the belief that I am going to figure out whatever problem I have in my life. I have the ability and I know I can do that. So I have a feeling and a belief that I can have faith that I will figure that out. So I have confidence that I will figure that out. So if somebody decides, well, you know what? I want to have confidence, then break it backwards and say, okay, now, how can I have faith? What if you don't have faith? Well, you go down further. So, okay, is there a belief that I can have? Well, yeah, I can believe uh, that I can do something. Well, what if you don't even have, you don't have faith that you can even believe, then you got to have a feeling. Go down to that feeling and say, well, I feel that I would like to believe that I can do this thing so that I have faith that I can accomplish that. Okay, well, now you're at a feeling level. That's a start. And that's how you, you start building up confidence. You break it down to the beginning and you add a little bit at a time. So a prime example, when we're, uh, you know, you hear about affirmations, people say, oh, you know, say, I am a millionaire, you know, act as if I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. I am a millionaire. Well, your heart's calling bullshit on that. I'm sorry. Can I say bullshit? Yeah. Okay, great. I can say bullshit. if that's better. Hmm. Whatever you're so, more comfortable with. I'm sorry? Whatever you're more comfortable with. Okay. Um, so, for example, if uh, somebody says, you know, <clears throat> I, I am a millionaire, your heart doesn't agree with that. Because why? Because you're not a millionaire. If you're not a millionaire, you say, I'm a millionaire, what is that? That is a lie. Your heart says no. Okay, you say, well, okay, then there's that. 
still break it back. And you say, um, I, I can be a millionaire. Well, does your heart think you can be a millionaire? If at that point your heart says, no, nah, I don't think you can be a millionaire. Okay, then you don't have the belief. Okay, then go further down. And you say, okay, well, um, I'd like to believe that I can be a millionaire. And your heart goes, well, yeah, that's true. That's true. You would like to believe that you can be a millionaire. Okay, cool. Now you're at a spot where your mind, your mouth, and your heart are agreeing. Now you are in flow. And that is the place where confidence starts. Once you get that level, then you can start adding on to that by adding on training, learning, uh, abilities, and experience. And as you, you grow from there, you become confident. Because once you get that confident, all it is is the feeling or belief that you can have faith in or rely on somebody, someone or something. And usually that something is you. Uh, and most people, like you were saying, most people, they don't have the confidence in themselves. So that's one of those areas that, that I help them work on, uh, especially in the dating and the uh, relationship worlds. When I was teaching that, it's like, guys, confidence is the thing, man. Confidence is the number one attractive magnet for relationships in business, love, and life. So once you get the, the understanding of confidence, you're going to move forward in life a whole lot better. Your relationships will get better. Your business will get better. Your feeling about yourself will get better. And in turn, your health will get better. Because when you are in a healthful place, in a happy place, you're invariably healthier. So, I mean, that goes a lot during the, the time we're dealing with right now, for example. Um, there is a way to boost your, um, your immune system system rapidly and it's simply gratitude it's real true honest gratitude this has been measured scientifically that it can boost your immune system if you take a minute and meditate like for five minutes on everything you're grateful for so for example inside my my membership group this is one of the exercises i have them do say for you know start with one minute and go up to five minutes and just be thankful for everything say you know i'm grateful for air i mean if you don't have air you're dead I'm grateful for water. If I don't have water, I'm dead. You know, I'm grateful for shelter. I'm grateful for my hands, my legs. You know, I'm grateful that my heart beats, that my eyes see, that I can taste food. There's so much to be grateful for. And yet, so many people live in a victim mentality. And that's where the fear comes in. That's what's happening right now. We're seeing this on a global scale. It's not the pandemic of corona. It's a pandemic of fear. Because that's, that's what's being sold to us daily. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent, but that's about confidence. Once you have confidence that you are in charge of you, then things start to change. And that's important. And that's one of the, one of the things that I teach. Okay. <coughs> uh, Norman, this is driving me crazy. Uh, what's the best meal you've found that tends to, uh, when you're basically trying to create a meal for, uh, for your date, what's usually the, one of the best meals to try out? Oh, fabulous. Good question. See, Food Game, A Man's Ultimate Recipe for Dating Success, available on Amazon now. Uh, that is my book, and there are 10 recipes. I have 10 go-to recipes that I've used for years that are amazing, easy to cook, five ingredients or less for the most part. And um, yeah, and they work because I field tested them for years. Hey, hi -oh. And um but my go-to, my favorite go-to, and I still do this. I just did it like two nights ago. It's a baked chicken. Simplest baked chicken you could ever make. And it's, this is how Thomas Keller, arguably one of the, the best chef in the world, um, this is how he makes, uh, he bakes a chicken. And you can look it up online. Uh, just go Thomas Keller baked chicken. And he'll show you. And it's so simple. The difference is technique. And... Um, you know, what you, what you do is the oven is 450 degrees. You wash and dry the chicken. Um, and then you salt and pepper the chicken inside, excuse me, inside and out. Um, you set it in a, like a heavy, a heavy pan is best. Uh, but, you know, whatever you've got works. I've, I'm doing it here in Australia and I've got some, you know, kind of a sheet pan and some aluminum foil. But the basics is no oil. It's completely dry. And as long as your oven is 450 degrees, that's Fahrenheit, not Celsius. It's about 233 degrees uh, Celsius. Um, and 
you're going to bake it. And the only thing you got the salt, the pepper, and maybe a little bit of, uh, I put tarragon or, um, some savory or some, you know, rosemary or whatever. That's it. He does. He uses thyme, I believe. Um, and the main thing is you want to trust the chicken. If you don't know how to trust a chicken, look it up, but there's a way to trust a chicken without using the twine. Uh, you just poke a hole in the back flap of, uh, where the, the fat is. And then you poke the legs through that and it's automatically done for you. Easy peasy. Uh, you pop that in about 45 minutes to an hour and it is done. Uh, once you take it out of the oven, you let it sit. You have to let it sit and temper for a bit. Um, at well rest, that's no, not tempering, but you have to let it rest and, uh, take an aluminum foil, sheet of aluminum foil, tent it, just put the little aluminum foil on top of it, leave that for about 10 or 15 minutes, you'll have the best chicken you've ever had. And it's easy. And a chicken, if you go organic, maybe what, 10, 15 bucks. But if you go non-organic, you can get a chicken for freaking five bucks. So yeah, you want to talk about, I mean, food game is, I don't sell it as the cheapest way to have an amazing thriving dating life, but it is. I mean, I had, you can buy, I know in Burbank, I know a place where I can buy really good solid wines, like 15 to 20 to $50 bottles of wine for like seven, eight bucks. <clears throat> Pair that with the chicken. And on that chicken, what I would do is usually I'll like chop up a bunch of vegetables like onions, tomatoes, maybe carrots or uh, potato or zucchini or whatever. Chop up some of those, set the, the chicken on top of those, pop that all in the oven. You got a full meal right there. Because that chicken, all those juices go all over those amazing vegetables. And man, whoo, you got that, you get the vegetables, you got the chicken, and you got some wine. You got a date, world <laughs> freaking class. Cool. Uh, just out of curious, how are you on the uh, fake it to make it uh, philosophy? Um, that's, that's pretty much what we just went over. That's, it's not a fake it till you make it. You can't fake it till you make it. That's not right because it doesn't resonate with your heart. So the fake it till you make it doesn't work. What does work is, like I said, bring it back to where you're not faking it. That's the key. Do not fake it. You can say, you know, I, you can't say I am a millionaire and just be like, oh, yeah, I'm a millionaire. Okay, that's great. Cool. You know, and it just doesn't happen that way. It's like, I'm a millionaire. Yeah. No, you're not. Your heart says, no, you're not. You have to figure out where it is where you are you are aligned. You say, I believe I am the type of person who can have this. And if your heart agrees with you, then you're like, great, you're on the right path. Then you start taking the steps to become that person. It's not about what you have. It's not about what you do. It's about who you are, who you are becoming. Once you become that person, the, the do and the have happens. And, you know, I mean, it's easy for me to say, I'm telling you, this is not easy stuff to do, but it's worth it. It is so worth it. Yeah. And that's how I, that's how I did the dating stuff. I became a guy who was like, dude, this guy knows his stuff. And I did. And there was one day when I just kind of went, holy crap, I really do know my stuff. And my confidence soared. And so did my dating ability. It was great. Yeah. I know it sounds like it was being a little redundant. It's just sometimes you've got a lot of people who are, basically hardcore on that particular uh, philosophy that you basically just, you know, go into a situation, no matter what your, you know, your skill level is or whatever, and just simply do your best until you actually do actually become good at whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Well, yes. If you simplified manner, yes, but it, it really comes down to what's underneath. What is your subconscious mind? Your subconscious is going to, to go with whatever the dominant thought is in your head for good or, or bad. Uh, negative or positive. <clears throat> so if you say, you know, I'm a millionaire and you're in the back of your head is saying, you can't rub two nickels together. This is not right. This is not you. This is not, uh, this is not feel right. It doesn't work. Yada, 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 yada. That's what's going to be uh, happening. So it's like, you're going to be running uh, in the mud and you're not getting anywhere. Like you're spinning your wheels in the mud and it's not going anywhere, but you're thinking you're saying it, you're going, yes, 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 yes. But underneath it's not going. That's where people uh, mess up and get into failure so much because they don't understand that. I've been in that area for a long time. So I have to go back and I do this myself. I go back and say, okay, what does your heart say? What do you believe? 
do you believe that this is, that you have this, you can be this? And if you don't, then you got to go back until you can get aligned and say, okay, this feels right. Okay, I may not have any money right now, but I believe I can get money. Okay, great. Your heart says, yes, you can get money. Okay, awesome. I believe I can get a million dollars. Your heart says, no, you're not going to get a million dollars right now. But I believe I can make $100 in this week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Boom. I believe I can make $1,000. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Boom. I believe I make $10,000 this week. Maybe, maybe not. Okay, stick with the 1000 and then move from there. But you've got to get to the point where you are in agreement and alignment. Because otherwise, it's not working. It's like trying to put a, a, a square peg in a round hole. It just doesn't fit. And it doesn't matter if, you're, if you've got the square peg and a square hole. It doesn't matter if it's a small square peg and a square, small square hole. You can always make it bigger as you go. That's the key. You make it bigger. You make your belief bigger as you go. You know, as you add on. Like I said, if you can't speak in front of people, you say, well, well, you're going to have to, if you want to speak in front of uh, 50,000 people, start with one, start with two, you know, move up to three, move up to five. Once you get up to seven or eight, that feels good. Then you get to 50, then you get up to a hundred, then you get up to 300, you get up to a thousand, 2000, you're feeling pretty good. You know, a hundred or 50,000, it's not much difference. Yeah. And it's definitely going to help with an artist because you basically have a lot, you know, when you start Messing around with drawing the writing originally, you have absolutely no confidence in what you're doing. But the more and more you do it, the more you feel comfortable with it. And, of course, the more you study a little bit here and there, the better you're going to be doing it because you're increasing your own confidence with it. Absolutely. Well, think about that, though. When what you just said is very valuable because what if you're an artist, what are you doing all the time? You're drawing. You're drawing all the time. It's not like you drew something once and like, I'm an artist. I don't have to draw anymore. It doesn't work that way. You've got to draw. If you're an artist, you draw. If you're a speaker, you speak. If you're a coach, you coach. If you're a voice actor, you voice act. It's what you do. You know, and every time I do a, a, like a voice acting session, I'm learning something new. I'm using the muscles that I have and, <clears throat> you know, learning. It's, it's like anything else. You know, you could do something for 10 years. The same repetitive action, 10 years, 10 years, and somebody could show you a video. Hey, you've been doing this wrong all this time. And then that little tip, suddenly you're doing whatever you've been doing the last 10 years, 50% better. That's what coaching is. You know, that's what coaching is. I see somebody, I can sit back and I go, okay, I'm not in your story. I'm not in your head. I'm watching you. I'm watching what you're doing. I'm helping you guys. These guys who come in, like, for example, we were talking about in, in the nerd community, when I'm in front of hundreds of them and I'm telling them stuff that I know for a fact works and they've never heard of this stuff because they haven't studied the way I have. They haven't been out in the field doing the things I've done. And I tell them a couple of things and I can see them and I can see what they're doing right there in front of me. And I'm like, okay, I know what your situation is. So I'll give them a little tip and they'll go, wow, I didn't even know I was doing that. I'm like, yeah, I, I know you are. And she knows you are, but you don't. And that's something that you've got to shine the light on for people. Um, and that's just learning. That's ongoing learning. It's called Kaizen in, in Japanese. And that's what I, that's one of my uh, chapters in my book, Food Game. It's Kaizen, constant and never-ending improvement. I will always be a student. I will never be a master. And even when I'm really, really incredibly good at something, I will still want to learn. And that's a, an open way to, to think about things. Yeah, and of course the fun part is you've got a lot of some of the, even the best masters keep pointing out that even though they, you know, they have students that think they know everything, masters themselves, well, it's just basically the beginning of knowledge. Exactly. <clears throat> when you think you know everything, there's so much you don't. Uh, and of course it's always fun. I mean, it's just it's been sort of fun reading some, some of the greatest swordsmen of all time. They're constantly surprised by how much they're learning over time. Even Miyamoto Masashi was sort of fun to see what the stuff he'd learn. And that's, yeah. half the reason, that's half the reason he got rid of the, the swords. Well, you know, it's interesting because I, I trained in um, some martial arts. Uh, it's been a long time since I've trained, but um, I was a second degree black belt in uh, Taekwondo and I was almost black belt in Aikido and Aikido, I like so much um, because it's, it's also based on swords. 
uh, a lot of the strikes with your hand and the way you move your hands, etc. It's like using a sword. And it's just repetition over and over again. And you plateau and you plateau and you're like doing your work. You're working, you're working, you're working. You're like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm not getting anywhere. You're stuck on a plateau for a long time, but you keep going. And then suddenly something shifts and boom, you excel up to a higher level. You don't know when it's going to happen, but it does happen as long as you keep going. And relationships are the same way. We take our relationships for granted in business, love, and life, and we don't see what we don't see. You know, and that's where I come in. I help people see things. And, you know, I bring in different ideas, different viewpoints and help them because they know the problems. Everybody knows the problems. Everybody knows the answers. They're all inside your head. It's accessing them that is the situation because you cannot access the answer to a problem from within the problem. That's where you need help. And that's, you know, that's what coaches do. Coaches help you. You figure it out. All right, and of course, shifting it to the other area where I threatened to talk. Yeah, that's some really great stuff. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see if people actually apply that. and It's going to be mm-hmm. interesting to see your coaching on that. I I have a lot. I mean, it's on my website, spikespencer.com. I've got a lot of info up there. Um, and I'm putting together some new uh, new products, like I said. So we've got some downtime now, people. Uh, so we're going to do that, and uh, I will have more products that will help. More trainings. All right. So shifting it dr- drastically, when it comes to voice acting, what's the challenge as far as get, getting the best performance as far as the acting goes? Well, a lot of people think um, when with voice acting, it's people think it's something that you're doing. There's a the part that people miss about voice acting is my job as a voice actor is to do what the director tells me. That's it. People think, oh, you can do funny voices. You can do this. You can do all these crazy things. I'm like, yes, I can. But the point is, I can't do that and be successful unless that's what the director wants. So we have to nuance our performances in many different ways because the director wants what the director wants. And that's what we do. So when I tell people, say, oh, I didn't like your performance in such and such, I'm like, I don't really care the director did and they're the ones paying me. So it's like you have to understand what our job, the real, real job of a voice actor is to be able to change the voice in teeny tiny increments, teeny tiny increments that will allow um, the performance to work out exactly how the director wants. Yeah. I mean, I, it's sort of interesting because one of the problems you've had as a voice actor is your only your only instrument is your voice. You don't have the full range of the acting stuff. You know where you have all the movement and props and all that. You have only your voice to work with. <clears throat> exactly, and as a matter of fact, sometimes you have to be sure that you're not moving at all. I did a uh, um, it was called Buso Rinkin many years ago, and uh, I was the character Papillon, and we had a Mike in that booth that was so freaking sensitive. It could read my thoughts, man. It was crazy. Um, I mean, I could not move at all. They're like, we can hear you moving. I'm like, I'm not moving. They're like, Hey man, did you eat, uh, did you eat breakfast today? Because we can hear your stomach. I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) Holy crap. Um, so yeah, a lot of times you can't move. And so when we're like, like running, this is one of my, my funny stories. It's like, we're, we're running, uh, in the booth uh, or in the, like say in an anime, everybody's running uh, down the street and you're in the booth where you can't really run. So what we're basically doing is hyperventilating um, to sound like we're running. And, you know, sometimes that can get to your head and we've had actually a, a an actress who uh, fainted at ADV and uh, she fainted. Uh, the, she fell over, hit the desk, launched a glass, pitcher full of water against the the big glass uh, window and it shattered and she passed out uh in front of the door so they couldn't open the door to to get in <laughs> true story do you do the same thing a lot of actors do when it comes to actually getting into the head of the character you're portraying 
I'm sorry, what about getting into the head of the character? When you actually start, when you're doing the voice acting, you actually get in, do the same thing a lot of uh, stage actors do and actually start getting into the head of the character you're portraying. You try to. A lot of times we don't have, have time. Um, but we, when we audition, like say, for example, you audition for a show and you audition for 10 roles. And then they say, okay, you got a role. You're like, I don't even know what role I got. But you go in and they say, okay, this is the character you did. We're going to play for you what you did. And you go, oh, okay, now I can get into that because you locate it in your head and your body, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that's, that's usually how like anime goes. If you want to get an animation, you can get into animation a lot, lot better because you can really, um, they animate it to after your performance, which is really cool because that, that's my favorite. That is like, like family guy and Simpsons and things like that. It's like, you get to really, uh, work and chew on that, that script and have fun with it and explore. And you find so much more fun stuff. Like, um, I did a, uh, series called, uh, get Blake, uh, me and Robbie Damon. And it was hysterically funny. We had so much fun with it and we got to really get out there and, and be silly with it. And it's just, it's just better because with, uh, with that kind of animation, the original animation, you also usually have other people in the room with you and you can, you can riff off of each other, which is a lot of fun. <coughs> Yeah, riffing off is also is really cool to do, especially if you've got somebody who's actually having fun, as much fun with it as you are. Oh yeah, yeah. You get you just get uh, you get those moments that a lot of times are completely improv, and they become that that relationship between characters. You know, a lot of stuff is like, oh, it's written down this way, but you delivered a certain other way. Like, oh my gosh, that's magic. Whatever that is, it's magic. Let's do that. Let's keep it up. Yeah, okay. I, I love that. What are some of the characters you had some, uh, some real fun with? Um, you know, I, it's funny because I tell people, say, so what do, what do you do in, in the voiceover world? I said, well, I do a little bit of everything because, um, you know, as voice actors we do, you know, TV, radio, et cetera. But I'm probably best known for voicing effeminate little girly boys who save the world in a biomechanical freaking robot uh, or a psychopath. So uh, the psychopaths are a lot more fun, I'm just going to say. And uh, like uh, Papillon from Buso Rankin. And uh, he was just, you know, he's like a, a crazy guy running around in a thong and a butterfly mask who could eat people through his hands. You know, and he was just like, oh, I know. I'll kill everyone who doesn't recognize me. That'll be fun. I'm like, that's, oh, man, it's just, just beautiful. You get to work with that. <clears throat> but um, um, what's the other one? It's like um, Blaze Blue. Uh, there's a character called Arachne who talked in broken sentences. So it'd be like, oh, I can with an ever It's like, wait, what the hell did he just say? I don't know. But it was fun. And he also eats people. <laughs> Always fun. Uh, what else? Like uh, League of Legends, Kled, Colonel Kled. I love Colonel Kled. That is my favorite. Now, that was one that really got me because it's basically it's, it's a deeper voice for me. And right now my voice is deeper because I've you know, got the croup but, um, and I've been coughing a lot. But he's just crazy and, and so much fun to play because he would have that deep voice. If anybody knows who this character is, he's a, I think is a Yordle, I think is, is what he was. And uh, just complete badass. And um, he would say things like, um, I'm going to rip out your spine and use it for a back scratcher. And then he'd go into this crazy high pitch, because my back is edgy, which I can't really get into the high pitch right now. But he'd scream it. And it was so much fun to do. <clears throat> so... Generally, those are great and just fun characters. Um, you know, anime has a lot of similar characters, you know. So when people say, oh, you're, this character sounds like this character, sounds like this character. I'm like, yes, yes, it does. And uh, that's what the director wanted. So there you go. But when you get into the original stuff, you get to, to just have more fun with it. And I love to have fun. So that's why I say my, my tagline for even, even for corporate or business training, I say Spike Spencer talks goofy for a living. Seriously. And then it goes into my you know, business stuff because uh, like, if, you know, if I'm going to be speaking, if I'm going to be 
doing a motivational speech or talk about communication or connection or confidence or whatever it is. It's a lot more fun to be animated and throw in a voice every now and then about being confident. It's cool. It's fun. Otherwise, it's like, okay, let's talk about confidence for a minute. Um, I want everybody to feel confident. Mm. Yeah, that just... <laughs> zonk out, man. For the so. record, uh, Papillon is actually one of my favorite characters of yours. So, Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad. That was so much fun to do. Then again, I always like the bad boys, so go figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's how I roll, man. It's uh, it's like, uh, what am I doing today? Oh, psychopath. Cool. Uh, or cats, apparently. I've been like cats. I've been a cat. I've been like eight cats. And you know, I'm like in like Barbie Dreamtopia. I'm I'm the cat there. I forgot the cat's name. Um, I'm in another series right now. I'm playing a professor who's also a cat. Uh, some other video games. I was a cat. I'm like, am I a cat again? Is that what's going on here? There are worse genres you could be, or you know, characters you could be. So. I have been so many things. I was a, I was, a, I was the chicken. I was a chicken or a chicken man in what? What is it called? It was the Shenmu. I think it was that Shenmu three or whatever it was. I think I was a chicken or something. <coughs> oh, it's a weird, weird world, man. Weird world. I'll bet. All right, so I guess time to play the wrap-up. Any final thoughts as far as how to succeed in business? Well, yeah. I mean, the main thing is everything starts with inside of you. Everything, the answer is inside of you always. In relationships, communication, connection, business, love, and life. It is inside of you. It takes work to get it out. It's not going to happen overnight. And all these you know, places where you can succeed overnight, blah, blah, blah. It's a bunch of crap. Does it happen? Sometimes, but like to 1.0001%, that stuff's going to happen overnight. So you got to be in for the long haul. You got to be able to say, all right, I'm going to succeed. And this is where the confidence comes in. It says, you know, you say something like, my success is inevitable. So my success is inevitable. Therefore, let's work back on the confidence scale. If my success is inevitable, then I have faith that I can rely in and rely on myself to figure out how to make that happen. So therefore, I have the belief and the feeling that I can have that, which means I am confident that I will succeed. Boom. You embody that on the inside and you move forward, even in bad times. Uh, believe me, I've had bad times. I've had a lot of bad times. And I have all sorts of challenges all the time. I get some challenges right now you wouldn't even freaking believe. But it happens. And I look at it and I go, you know what? My success is inevitable. So whatever is going on right now is not going to last, but I am. And that's where you have to come with. It's not about, I am a full-on success right now. Ha <laughs> ha, look at my cape. No, it's that confidence that you are going to get it. You got it. It has happened. It's only in the process that it's going to appeal. It's going to appear to you. So if your success is inevitable, then everything that you're doing for good or bad, right or wrong, is exactly what it's supposed to be right now. When you can figure that out, you start moving towards the right, the right path, the right answer, no matter what it is. And in NLP, we call it cause versus effect. Either you're 100% at cause for your life, meaning you are in charge of everything, good, bad, ugly. Or you're at effect, which means you're not in charge of anything. You're a uh, little plastic bag floating in the wind. Wherever the wind carries you, you're a victim. And that's where most people reside. But the people who really want to make something happen, they're going to reside from the 100%. It's up to me. Good, bad, ugly. I'm creating it all. And how do I change that for the better for me? There's your success quotient. That's your place where you start from. And then you move forward. And getting help is very valuable. So this is what to wrap it up. This is where I say, go to spikespencer.com and look at my site. Look at some of the different things that I have for you there. I have free things for you there. I have trainings. I have all sorts of things. And for this, uh, you know, for our nerddom community, uh, keep an eye out for the reluctant hero's journey. There's a link uh, there on the site somewhere. I think it's active, but there's a link to sign up for the waiting list because you cannot get in right now. It's a membership group and I train uh, people in there who are in our community who want to better themselves 
And when I open it back up again, then you can get in, but it's not available to uh, get in right now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if they're in our community, you know, keep an eye out, check my stuff out. Obviously, you know who I am with the, the voices and all that, but there's more to it. And business wise, I've trained seven figure earners. So I know what I'm talking about. This reluctant hero's journey is basically just for the, the nerddom community that, you know, that has a solid place in my heart, obviously, because I've been in it for so long. Um, but I also teach regular business people and real estate. Real estate's another thing that I've, I've got a lot of training in there, but I haven't put together any real project, real products for that. So I'm working on a few products there for people that want to be real estate investors as well. <laughs> and of course, the dating and relationship stuff is, you know, the book, which is on Amazon. Right. All right. Well, thanks for having me or thanks for coming on. It has been my pleasure, my friend. I hope I didn't uh, talk your ears off. Nope. You did excellent. <laughs> If it was interested in helping support the show, please check us out over at patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O. We offer different types of tips, tricks, and all that for surviving the sobriety of life, as well as unedited versions of certain interviews. Yeah, they were either ran too long or they needed to be, shall we say, bleeped out. Those are available in their unaltered form at patreon.com slash two sparrows, T-W-O. Also, I'm currently working on trying to get transcripts up, so there are occasional transcripts of shows. You expect to see more of those over the coming months. And, of course, if you want to see a much more curated version of this podcast, head over to YouTube. Yes, Webcomics Reviews and Interviews has its very own special YouTube channel where we actually break this down into various different playlists regarding different topics as well as separating out the reviews as well as the interviews. Straight up. And we also add in the Alexa Flash Briefs as well as some of the minicasts that you'll be finding on the Patreon.com account. So definitely check that out. Last but not least, I do have a couple of books available on Amazon.com under Jameis Jochum. J-A-M-A-I-S-J-O-C-H-I-M. Obviously, the character building book is up, and I've also got the How to Create a Comic Workbook up as well. Both of those are really great if you're trying to basically just figure out how to write a comic. Again, thanks, and have a great evening.